Hello, this is Brian Croft. I'm the senior pastor of Auburndale Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm also the founder of Practical Shepherding. A few years ago, I started a blog about the daily work of a pastor, and that blog has grown into the various ministries of Practical Shepherding. We want to come alongside pastors who are laboring in the trenches of pastoral ministry to encourage and to equip them. And that's why we started this podcast, Trench Talk. So we hope this podcast encourages you and your church as we continue our conversation about the pastor's work. To find out more about Practical Shepherding, visit our website at practicalshepherding.com or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome to Trench Talk. I am your host, Josh Scher, and I'm sitting here with Brian Croft. And uh, this is going to be a really fun episode where we're just going to give some updates on the ministry of, of Brian and Practical Shepherding. But I want to start uh, by asking Brian to just tell the listeners where we are right now. Well, Josh, we are in the, as my associate loves to call it, the um, the global hub of the Mathena Center for Church Revitalization. So, which is, I don't know, a small office, like eight by eight, a 10 by 10 uh, office on the campus of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So they gave us some office space here because... I'm the senior fellow for the Mathena Center for Church Revitalization. That's that started that center started last year, and so I assumed this role in the summer of last year, and got things going. And things have gone really well. We have interns that are running that run two semesters. So we did already started in the fall. And we're in the second semester. Uh, the faculty here at Southern approved our a syllabus we put together. So there's actually course credit you can get to serve to be an intern in the Mathena Center. And we're talking about revitalization stuff. There's a, a huge, if, if listeners are in Southern Baptist circles or any really many de- denominations have churches closing and that are dying just all over the place. So the center is designed to train students to teach them how to go into a hard, dying church and try to help see how God can bring life to it. So we're sitting in the office. Uh, it's like the quietest place that I have to to work in really in my life. My home is not very quiet. The church isn't very quiet anymore. And so this is this has been a real gift to be able to be on the campus. It gives me accessibility to students as well as church members who are in town and give me a quiet place to work. So it's nice. So uh, as the, the chair of, of this center, what uh, are some things that you would like to see happen? What's kind of your vision uh, for the Mathena Center? What I what I experienced at Practical Shepherding, which when they approached me about the center, running the center, I I was drawn to it strategically because most of the, the pastors I hear from are 18 to 24 months into their pastorate. They've been beat up pretty badly in the church. Their their wife's done. They're very discouraged, and they're ready to resign. They they write me or they call me, and they say, say I'm about to resign. Tell me why I, should, why I shouldn't resign. You really can, you can try to salvage some of those situations, but in most cases, those guys are done. They they've already checked out and they're ready to move on. And I think it would have served them immensely if somebody would have just sat them down and said, "Okay, before you go to this church, you won't accomplish anything really in two years." And a lot of these guys go in thinking, "In two years, I'm gonna I'm gonna just shake things up and and change the world in my church." And that's just not realistic. And a church that's established has dysfunctional patterns and traditions that just are not going to be easily moved. So the strategic nature to sit down with students here at the largest seminary in the world, really, um, in, in a Southern Baptist seminary where there's so many Southern Baptist churches that are that are dying and closing now, 
to be able to sit down with them and help them understand what the expectations would be to go into a dying church, to go into a church that's about ready to close. How do you approach that? There's a certain kind of person and a certain approach that needs to be taken, uh, a slow, patient approach that most, at least young men, are not wired to, uh, to do that. So I'm able to work with students to try to help them really set an expectation of, okay, you're going into this church and you need to ask these questions and really learn this about the church and know what you're getting into and then have a right expectation. And when they go and I'm already finding this to be a fruitful discussions and I'm hoping that in time this can, you know, this can change the culture of how young men go into churches that are, that are dying and need revitalization. Yeah. And revitalization is is a hot topic, uh, you know, among uh, among churches now. And I would encourage anybody that's listening, if you're involved in a situation that you consider to be, you know, a revitalization type situation or something that you're anticipating doing someday. uh, Brian uh, preached a chapel message at Southern Seminary that you can find on on the seminary's website. If you just search for Brian, uh, he talks about church revitalization and church planting and and how to think through like calling to to either of those uh, ministries. Word on the street is you've you've done some other work and some writing on this recently. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Well, before, before I do that, I, mean, I just want to say this is really where my heart is in revitalization because I mean I went into our church twelve and a half years ago and it was a classic Southern Baptist church that was dying and about ready to close, and so um, I've I've kind of lived this and seen how God is glorified in him bringing life back into a, an old established church. And so um, that's really what this, this center is about. The last seven or eight years, most know that church planting has been the big buzzword and what everybody wants to do. But as I've heard uh, uh, Dr. Tim Booker say here on campus, the reality is 85% of the students who are on this campus are not, they're going to go into an established church. Maybe a, f- a small percentage will plant a church, but the overwhelming majority are going to go into churches that are established. And so every student really needs to, who's pursuing ministry, needs to be taught how to go into uh, an established church. So we're trying to develop resources here and trying to think through those things. One of the things I just finished, uh, I just finished a book on church revitalization that Christian Focus is publishing and um, is going to come out later this summer. So we're excited about that. Uh, because it's this is such a big buzzword and there's such a demand for the resources, uh, the publisher and I agreed to try to... I, I wrote it in a very short amount of time. Uh, thankfully, spent a lot of years developing the material, so it was just a matter of sitting down and writing out most of it. But the demand is there uh, because of the movement in the Southern Baptist circles. A lot of calling it replanting. But it, it uh, you know the North American Mission Board is uh, doing some wonderful work in regard to revitalization. So... We're trying to just get in on uh, the excitement that's coming with all this. So, uh, but in that in the in the book I wrote, it it talks about the story at our church, the first ten years, mm-hmm. which I've spoken about, but I actually haven't written and put online. Just just trying to be sensitive to some of the difficult nature of the conversation. But the whole story is getting published in the book with the hope that it would just help other pastors relate to this and heavily steady the course, realizing that in two to three years you just can't accomplish what you need to accomplish in a in a church that's struggling. Awesome. Why don't you uh, give us an update on practical shepherding, uh, things you're you're doing there, uh, workshops or things you're writing or working on? Yeah, so we've got a lot of exciting things happening. We're The first few years of us launching and being uh, a ministry was about writing the re- materials and the resources to get in pastors' hands. So uh, we had the opportunities. We had the publishers who wanted to publish our stuff. 
And we realized that as we were starting to just go out and do trainings, we didn't have the resources that we wanted to be able to put in their hands. And so we kind of pulled back and said, okay, we're going to, which is hard for me. I'm an extrovert, but, but I was hidden in the closet for like six months and just sat and wrote and tried to get as many resources out as possible. All those books have been released now and are out. And so it's kind of the next step for our ministry is to really push the, the workshop design, which is a four or five hour intense training that I teach and that our team comes, goes somewhere and does. And so uh, we're just in the next few months, we're going to be in um, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we're going to be here in Louisville when T4G comes through the night before T4G. We're going to do a workshop here. I'm going to be in uh, Sacramento, California in May doing a workshop. And several of the workshops coming in the in the spring, in the summer and fall, we're hoping to do about eight or 10. So we're really pushing the workshop idea. We, that's where I'm able to feel more at home even more than writing. I get to, you know, I get to engage with pastors face to face and and get to know them and hear about what's going on and and so I really love that and so I'm excited about this next stage of us going and taking the materials and our that we've developed and go do workshops. Uh, what's exciting is the workshops are just kind of multiplying uh, in in ways that clearly God's providence. So a missionary showed up at a workshop last fall. Loved the workshop uh, and and asked if he could take the workshop to um, to Nepal and India, some places like this. So I'm actually, as we're talking, I'm getting emails every week. He's doing like five workshops in a couple months period in Nepal with pastors who have, most of them never had any kind of pastoral training whatsoever. So really exciting stuff and things I'm thankful to God for because, you know, the, some who know my story, the significance of me being at Southern here and kind of setting up a hub here to do what I'm doing instead of traveling all over the world, which is what I was doing. And because it crushed my family, I had to pull back and stay put. And so God is kind to have revealed a place to, in in my hometown to be able to just set up like Southern Seminary and to get to do all these things that I'm doing. And then to watch others go take it to these other places that I can't, I obviously can, can only be in one place. So um, there's a couple other books that we have coming out. So my writing is going to pull back now. I'm not going to do as much writing. I'm going to focus more on workshops, still writing articles and some maybe some small contributions to books. But um, my, what I see my role is now is is taking guys who are and asking them to write books on things that we want to publish and that I help find the publishers for it just because that's just some strange favor God's given me in that. And so we have one book that a guy named James Carroll wrote who is a pastor in Bardstown, Kentucky. And uh, his dad, some of you may have read the article that we posted last year. His, his dad, when he was a, a teenager, had to leave his church over um, a, a, a fall in sin that he had. And James is now a pastor, despite that. And he writes about how his father's sin affected him, but how the church that he was with, that his dad was pastoring, rallied around and cared for his family so well. So he's writing about that story and then the lessons that come from it. And so I just got that manuscript. I'm reading through it now, and it is outstanding. So there's some really good stuff coming through the, the pipeline, as you say, with um, with some others writing materials for us. So a lot of good things happening. Yeah, and I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're listening and you're interested in the workshops, you can find out more about that on practicalshepherding.com. I've been to one, and uh, it's just a great laboratory to be able to hear from Brian, but also to engage in conversations with Brian and other pastors to uh, talk about these practical aspects of ministry and really tailored to your experiences in ministry and in your own church. 
uh, that's just very profitable. Yeah. Um, Brian, do you have any any requests or uh, recommendations for listeners, uh, things that they should be looking for or ways to find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, I guess the other thing I would say is, is our website is a huge amount of traffic, that ways to find out what we're doing. So practicalshepherding.com. Um, our website is it's a, we're really um, encouraged by not just the amount of hits, but um, just the global reach it has. So I mean, a hundred different countries all around the world on an, on a, in a month we'll have eighteen to twenty thousand hits on the website, but they'll come from a, around a hundred different countries each month. So uh, we realize that even in closed countries, we're trying to put things on the website for pastors who are in closed countries. Who can't like get a, a hardback, a hardbound book sent to them, but they can benefit from our website, or, and and many of them do, and they write me and let me know that. So, um, the website is a great way to just find out updates on on what we're doing, and and yeah, and then just um, spread the word about the ministry. We we're getting a lot of uh, we're getting written a lot and things, but we try to one on one try to help guys as much as we can. I find a role I'm playing now is guys will write me with either all kinds of questions or hey, I live here. Do you know somebody? So we'll try to connect uh, pastors with other pastors just based on the network that we've developed. Um, so articles, the blog, all those kinds of things, we're continuing to plug away and really pour a lot into the uh, into the website um, and. Any churches and individuals that are willing to financially give to practical shepherding would be huge because we're continuing. We're able to do what we do because of what of churches and individuals who are able to financially support us. There's something important to know about our ministry. Most of the pastors that we serve are pastors who cannot financially support us, and their churches can't. They're, they're small church pastors. They have no one, in, and they're the only pastor on staff, and we're, we're able to serve them by those who give. Um, to this ministry. So just um, ask if you would pray about potentially helping in that way. Yeah, Lots of good stuff there, Brian. If you were going to maybe pull from what you just discussed, if you bullet point two or three ways for people to pray for you, what what would be good ways people pray for you and the ministry of practical yeah. shepherding? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, you can pray that, that I will have wisdom to know where my time needs to be put because there's so many facets to this ministry now. And even though the Mathena Center is a compliment it's just kind of fluid from the three hats I wear being a pastor and practical shepherding in the Athena Center all work together in a lot of ways. But I'm getting pulled a lot of directions and I'm needing constant wisdom to know, okay, do I write here? Do I, you know, do I do workshops here? Do I spend my time counseling and doing one-on-one with pastors? I can only do so much. And so uh, prayers for me to just know every day, just discerning, what I need to spend my time doing, where are the pressing issues, and then what do I need to let go of right now that I just can't do anything with. Always pray. You can pray for um, God to provide for us financially because we need we need the finances to be able to do what we're doing. And uh, if we don't have that, we'll, we have to pull back and not do nearly what we're, we're able to do at this point. Um, you can also pray for um, that the materials we have, whether it's books or articles or a workshop, will be God will be very providential in who He brings in our path to help. And I've, that's what I've been amazed of more than anything. Even this this missionary that drove up uh, hours just to come to this workshop it just seemed pretty random. And yet God's clearly sent them to come and be a part of that. Pray that God sends very very strategic intentional. We we only can do so much, and so wanting to maximize that, pray that God will do that work.
Yeah. So listeners, please pray for Brian and for practical shepherding in those ways. I'll just conclude by, by praying for, for you, Brian, and for practical shepherding. God, we thank you so much for uh, the ways that you have used uh, this ministry to serve pastors and churches uh, in this country and around the world. God, we thank you for uh, that missionary taking uh, the workshop materials to Nepal and India. God, I pray that you would um, bless those pastors who are in those workshops and um, build up their churches and maturity in Christ. God, I pray that you would give Brian wisdom to know how to spend his time and energy and resources as he seeks to care for his family and for uh, his church and his responsibilities at the Mathena Center and Practical Shepherding. God, please give him uh, discernment and uh, energy from your spirit to do this work. And I pray that you would provide for the needs financially of Practical Shepherding. Um, God, we thank you for all that you have done to to provide for it in the past. And we uh, look to you in faith and expectation Uh, that you will provide our needs moving forward. And uh, we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to Trench Talk. We'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you might have for us. So to get in touch with us, you can email us brian at practicalshepherding.com or you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter. You can find out more about Practical Shepherding at our website. And at the website, you can find our blog, and you can also find information about articles and books that we've published. You can also find out information about our regional workshops where we engage pastors face-to-face to equip them for the trench work of ministry. Until next time, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you as you labor in the trenches of pastoral ministry.